What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middlecoff! Hey, behave! Over under on uh, Johnny Manziel signing with the AAF. Uh, uh I can you can the AAF add players mid-season? Why not? You think they? I you know one thing I haven't noticed with the AAF? Have they have any major injuries yet? I haven't seen like any dudes getting carted off the field. It feels like it's a healthy league. Good question, John. I don't know. I have not been following the injury wire, but it's a good question. Berkovici is alive, right? Yeah, I mean, if there were nasty injuries, I do think they would go viral on Twitter, and they just haven't. Twitter tells me they're all watching, so... Well, I saw Florio wrote today that the ratings are good. Like, they're not bad. So, you making the case they don't need Johnny? Need is probably uh, strong. No, nobody, he, here's he the helped. thing. Nobody needs Johnny. I don't think he's that... I don't he's, I think it's over. Here's the one problem, and I think that we're going to see this when Kaepernick signs with the XFL, is when you're not good, people turn the channel after a couple series. So, like, the hype... When the hype grows on you when you're not playing and you're not even in whatever one of the main leagues is, once you then end up playing and it's clear, like, God, this guy was not that good, that hurts kind of your the the hype when you say his name. Like, when you still say Johnny, you go, oh, the little guy that runs around and makes plays. Right? Yeah, that was eight years ago. It's not. Kaepernick's 33 years old, and he hasn't played professional football in six years. So, uh, and the XFL doesn't start to, like, you know, Haberman and Middlecoff are 40 years old. So you got, it's, you know, let's just pump the brakes on just offering the house. By now, the way, we're it, not 40 next year. No, we got we got some years to go. Now, it'd be one thing if, like, can you believe Vince McMahon just signed Saquon Barkley? <laughs> like, fuck, that, you know, or they got J.J. Watt? Or they, you know, they, so fr- yeah, they just, they just got Trevor Lawrence. They're paying him $3 million to not play football this year. Kyler Murray decided not to go to the NFL, but to sign an $80 million deal with the XFL or the AAF or, you know, whatever. Then fucking people like me and you, let alone we're watching or at least paying attention. All right. Let's say you're the NFL. I mean, you're the XFL. Isn't that what, 
I haven't read that much about the league, but that's what the USFL did, right? Herschel Walker, Steve Young, Reggie White. Like they were Jim Kelly. They were fucking driving business with top dudes. Yeah. They, overpaying, quote unquote. So what if right now the XFL told Kyler, we will give you that. We will give you a five year one like just make it outrageous. Like, would there be a number where Kyler would have to take the money from the XFL? Like I Five years, $125 million, guaranteed money, and you, you are just going to be the face of this league for the next year before the league has launched. You don't get to play baseball. You don't play at Oklahoma. You are the face of this league. The money is it, it's going to be in your bank account. So if the league never actually gets off the ground, you still get the cash. And from now until next spring or whenever the league launches, you are just the face of the league, the face of the league, the face of the league. You're going back on the Dan Patrick Show to promote the XFL. And we're going to put you in our New York franchise. You're going to be the quarterback. And that's like, what's the number where Kyler Murray says yes to that? I just Googled Baker Mayfield's contract, not counting the fifth year option. Just the first four years, four years, $32 million guaranteed. Every first round contract fully guaranteed the number one pick in 2018. So it'll go up slightly this year. So the number one pick this year, let's say $34 million. That's a lot of fucking money, and you're an NFL quarterback immediately. So would you say triple? Like, if you're Kyler, just double do it. Because I'd say, eh, double Here's my lot, question. If he, plays, if he were to play, let's say, four years in the XFL, five years. you know years, that Baker got that much money? Like, that's what the number one pick? That's pretty good money. That is good money. Would he enter the league? People after, are like, how does Jared Goff and Carson Wentz feed their family? After five years in the XFL, would he enter the league just as you would just – you're not – under the college, right? You're just a free. Uh, just... Well, if I draft you, because remember that was the thing with all the the Reggie White type guys, they still got drafted in the NFL. Now I do think it would change. Like Steve Young was still a first round pick. If Kyler Murray said I'm going to sign with Vince McMahon for sixty million dollars, would he still get drafted really high? No, no chance, right? So if he's a fourth round pick or a fifth round pick, what round would? Uh... Guy Roseman draft Kyler if he told you he was at minimum going to spend a couple years with Vince McMahon, but just to have his rights. The seventh, the sixth round. Seriously, I would not use a fourth round pick on him. I don't even know if he's good to begin with. Now I'm going to use a fourth round pick. He's a bad example, like the equivalent of uh, Sam Darnold type. Trevor Lawrence, JJ, JJ Watt, you know, uh, Rashawn Gary, Josh Allen, you know, just whoever. Second round, just to get their rights, you'd still draft him high. Yeah, or if I was like Bill back into the first round, do it for Josh. Because you, you would say in the history of sports, not really in our generation because these other leagues didn't really happen, but I think like the generation older than us that grew up that saw the USFL and saw some other you know NBA teams be able to draft early, it has worked out very well in the past for sports leagues just to have the rights of an individual, right? Right. Because remember, the fucking Celtics had Larry Bird's rights. Uh, right. The the Eagles had Reggie White's rights. The Bucks had now it didn't work out for Steve Young, but Jim Kelly with the Bills. Yeah, the Celtics drafted him in '78. He played the national championship in '79. Red Auerbach got the Bengals. I'd say that's yeah, that's probably bad for my example because you had to go to the NBA. The USFL once probably. I mean, it is the perfect example for this. Betting that in the end we're gonna just we're the NFL, we're the big league, we will be here, and he's probably not gonna be there as long as. Because like if you were there. the if you were the Phoenix Suns last year, and you could have drafted the draft class and the freshman, you could have justified taking Zion or RJ Barrett over DeAndre Ayton, right? 
Yeah. And no one would have thought you that crazy. Right. So that's pretty normal. I think football, the, the scary happens thing happens with European be, players, right? If you know you got to wait a year. Exactly. Hashtag Peja. That the risk would be in football. This motherfucker goes to the XFL. What if he gets a leg snapped? You know? Yeah. It, but again, I'm, t- I'm telling you, I've been keeping an eye on the injuries in the AAF, and it feels like a pretty healthy league. Maybe you just get hurt playing in the league. Not Maybe the speed of the, the game's a little speed of the game's a little slower, John. Yeah, it's easy to avoid. You know, you don't have, you know, the honey badger and guys like that running after. All you. Trent Balky's guys are in the league staying healthy. Well, they say Keith Reeser is the highest graded DB according to PFF in the AAF, and Quentin Patton is top ten in receiving yards. Two of the better players are bulky guys. Should get the Executive of the Year award. He'd say, "Why? Well, I'd argue it's good value. I got him." He'd in the say, "I already got the Executive of the Year award." Yeah, and then I got Didn't fired. He? Yeah, yeah, he got it. He got it one year. This podcast is brought to you by Ease. Ease is the best delivery platform to get the best legal, licensed, fully tested marijuana products delivered to you in California. Anyone 21 and over can get verified online in just minutes. Make your selections, and there's a big selection, as we've seen in our DMs. You guys are finding just about anything you need. Ease.com, guy. Your first purchase, and I'm getting a lot of this, people are taking advantage of it. $20 off. You get over that $50 threshold, which, let's be honest, that's pretty easy to do when you got edibles, pre-rolls, vapes, uh, topicals, you name it. You just go to the website, search around, pick whatever you want, promo code HAM, over 50 bucks, free delivery. How, how do you beat it, guy? Honestly, how do you beat it? You, you don't. You don't beat it, John. You share it. You, you tell everybody you know about it. We appreciate your support of the podcast. We appreciate Ease being on the podcast. We think this is a symbiotic relationship. Everybody gets a little bit of something. And what really helps is if you've already used the promo code, tell other people to use the promo code. Help out your friends. You know how, like, offices, they have, gr- like, group emails? And I know a lot of people. I don't. I've never used it, but I hear people talk about Slack yeah. a lot. Yeah, I just, do too. Just type in. Hey, guys, if you guys are interested. You know, if you if your company's in LA, if your company's in San Francisco, if your company's in the Valley, if your company's in Sacramento, just fucking put that bad boy in the Slack. Shoot out an email. It's it's easy. Would be a good corporate gift, you know. Q one coming to an end. <laughs> Look at uh, Guy Bezos. <laughs> Ease dot com. E a z e dot com, and use the promo code Ham for twenty bucks off your first delivery. Um, you know, NFL Combine has started. Uh, I, John, I, I, so we did the podcast on Monday. After the podcast, I had NFL Network on, and I watched, I swear to you, probably three minutes of what I thought was the, I was like, oh, wait, there are guys on the field. It was like, they were showing last year's Combine. And I'm like, God, Mayock is in the booth already. This will be interesting. Well, Mayock wasn't, Mayock wasn't, he was just Mayock NFL analyst. And I realized there's a little thing in the corner that says, you know, 2018 on it. I just didn't realize it. Needless to say, I'm I'm kind of itching for this combine to start. But the You're story's like, D- damn, is that McGlinchey? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, that three cone drill by uh, the Marcus Davenport is going to wear well. <laughs> Whoa, this guy looks the part. <laughs> uh, the, who there was one guy who crushed whatever drill I was looking at, and I and then I went just after I fit, realized I was watching the old one. Oh, it was Kylie Fitz, the guy from what? Utah. What team's he defensive on? End. I don't even know if he's in the league, but I just went to last year's combine. It was like, wow, he crushed it. And I think maybe it was three cone or short area one something. And he it turned out to be the number one performance in that drill 
among the defensive linemen. Um, I don't know if he ended up getting drafted or not. Do you remember when uh, the Chiefs, before they drafted Chris Jones and he went to the combine and he tripped and his penis fell out? Yeah. <laughs> or was his was his testicles? Was the I think penis? it was a I think it was a ball sack. Yeah. Yeah, it was the, it was the testicles. You know, it turned out Chris Jones is a pretty good player. I think he had like 15 sacks this I year. I'd so. forgotten about that. Yeah, just you, you know, when you're big and you try to slow down after the 40, you fall. Uh, John, we have the end of the Nick Foles era in Philadelphia. He's a free agent. Now you know Howie Roseman. It, it is. It, you're right. We should take a moment just to appreciate what an insane story this whole thing was. You know. Like, he I was think, three more wins away from becoming a Hall of Famer based I, off two postseasons. It was wild. And I don't – like some people on Twitter, I saw a few people tweet like, you know, this is good for the Eagles, doing the right thing. Look, you know Harry Roseman. I, I, above all else, this is about leverage and options. I don't think they're doing the right thing here. Maybe they are a little bit. I mean, Nick, obviously. But they're just – it just – I think it just speaks to what, an, what a bizarre situation this is because they got Carson – and they got to make Carson's going to be free agent soon. They got to figure that out. It's, it's just a nutty. We should just take a moment to appreciate what a nutty situation this whole thing was. What do you in the last? Like what year was that? Eighty nine when Hostetler came in and Sims got hurt and he won the Super Bowl. But he came in. I think I'd have to Google it in the playoffs. Maybe it was toward the end of the season. Maybe it was the end of the season. Same thing with I guess Wentz. But that was one year. I mean, for this to happen back-to-back years, just for it to happen in the Super Bowl, like Hostetler is still talked about in high regard, like the backup won the Super Bowl. He had been the only guy until full. So it happens like once every 30 years. It does not happen that often. And then for him to almost kind of resurrect it and do it, I mean, fucking let him to the playoffs. That's the other thing. He didn't come in and they were doing well again. They were in shambles. The offense was terrible and Wentz was not good. And then he led him to the playoffs and got a road fucking playoff victory against the best defense in the NFL. It was, it was pretty legendary, guy. Well, John, and also now, did granted, it— Now, granted, the Bears, did you see they released what's-his-name yesterday? Who? Uh, the kicker. Parky? Yeah. They cut him. Maybe we can get him on the show. Uh, but it was like a guy who had—just because he does a lot of shows. He was a guy— Foles had like—he was going to retire— then he ends up not going to just any organization, goes to Andy, then goes to Philly where he had been an MVP candidate, MVP candidate before in like this crazy tough market, and he's the savior. I mean, it's, it's, it's wild. It's just wild. And they got a quarterback, but he's a superstar, but he's hurt. Yeah. They can't do it because they drafted the guy number two overall. But would Matt Nagy rather have Nick Foles this year or Mitch Trubisky? They can't do it. It's not even. I mean, I, I think you'd rather have Foles. For sure. Uh, no, not for sure. I just think. Because you could positive. convince yourself if Nagy does like Mitch that he yeah. has a huge room for growth. Much younger. Yeah, just athletic as shit. Yeah, I I think he's gonna be. You know, I don't think there's a ton of options out there. I saw Shermer basically said Eli's that gar- our guy, but then Gettleman kind of didn't quite say it that way. Um. Shermer was over the top. Yeah, Gettleman was not. Oh, he wasn't? I didn't no. see his quote. Somebody said something about trading for quarterbacks, and Gettleman's line was like, uh, got to be aggressive, baby, or something something weird. It wasn't quite like that. It was actually something better than that line. But Got, it, got, it, got his hair back. Uh, and I guess usually when you're the coach, you got to play the good guy, right? 
you're not going to be the dick. That's kind of the GM's That's job true, yeah. is to be the asshole. I, I, I do think when it comes to Foles, and I, I know I saw you say this on Twitter, because and a lot of people kind of, Schrager <laughs> tweeted like, they say it's business, but people still matter. Yeah, you know one of those? The, that was the tweet I was referring and to. And I saw a lot of people quoting it. But I know you know people in the situation. I know people in the situation. We all can admit even a cut – they have been cutthroat over the years. I mean cutthroat with great players from like staples in their organization, from fucking Trotter to Hugh Douglas to Donovan. They don't give a shit. They do feel – and I know it starts with the owner. This guy brought them a Super Bowl. They, they have a strong relationship. Yeah. This was never going to get Antonio Brownish. Right. And did you also see that Colbert today said like – yeah, I mean, we're, we 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 might pick up his, you know, bonus come March whatever and if we can't get a trade, he'll be back. Like good way to play it, Antonio. You nailed that. <laughs> Antonio, you've been running in circles wearing yourself out. But I I think Schrager's take was a little over the top, but I do think there was some truth to it. They were not going to Now, again, they did financially cuz they made him he had to repay or not get a bonus right to buy the his re- repay 2 million bucks. So, but they also gave him an extra million dollars on a bonus that he didn't hit during the season. I think there was some incentive bonus that he like a completion or a yard or a touchdown or something. He fell short, and they still gave it to him. Yeah, I just think they've they have a good relationship. Yeah, no, look, you're right. I, my my point is they not we're gonna, gonna fuck him just to get an extra fifth round pick. But but this is where I go back. Like I think part of this is this is partly about Carson. Like they were gonna tag him. So if they tag him, that's $25 million. Well, what's he going to do? He's going to sign the tag. All right, well, now what? Now we're just going to stare at each other? You're saying, oh, you, I thought you meant tag Wentz, tag Foles. You're going to tag Foles, $25 million. Okay, so now I'm tagged. So now what are we going to do? You're going to trade me on a tag? Well, I, like, I know the team acquiring doesn't want that. Like, we just saw what happened in Washington. And if you're him, you know there's only a few options out there, like Jacksonville obviously being one. Who knows if New York will be one? Miami, I don't know. Um who else? I I still think he'd but, be tradable on the tag though, guy. Because so, you no, could immediately rip so, it up. So do I. Sign, yeah, yeah. You know, so, so people people like you know, there's no market out there. It's like, well, I just I, I, I tweeted it this way. I think there's an order of leverage here. One is Foles, two is other teams, and three was the Eagles. The Eagles had the least leverage in this situation, and so that's why I think they had to do what they had to do. I think from Nick's perspective, anybody that's on the tag can tell any. When you're in his position, you can tell like. I don't want to be traded. I want to be a free agent, right? So I can tell teams like, hey, guys, I'm not going to negotiate with you on the tag. So you're better off not letting it sit, not letting it get to that point. And you know if you're Philly, what and what's Howie going to do? Sit around with this guy on the tag trying to get a fifth-round pick for him while it's driving Carson nuts? Like, you're not gonna, like, to your point, you're not going to do that. That's just a headache that nobody needs. Because I don't know what the value would have been anyway for a quarterback on a one-year deal that's $25 million. What are you going to get? How old is he? 32, 33 years old? <clears throat> Might not even be that old. So he's probably sneaky younger than you think. I, yeah, I think he's probably. I think he's sneaky younger, but maybe not. Um, but I just think part of it was like, is it worth the headache? Thir- to I mean, he's thirty. He's not that old. Just turned thirty. Yeah. Is it worth the headache? Is how we going to get a fifth? And that? so my my point. I, I think you're. Right. I think you said it perfectly. They have a good working relationship. But I also, if Howie could have gotten something out of this deal, he would have, because that's good business. And you still, quote-unquote, do right by the guy. You're not going to bury him on your bench. 
But, like, I've, I, you tell me, John, I've never known Howie Roseman to just not do the business deal that's in front of him. I just don't think he had a business move here. And I, I think part of the reason is he's got Carson Wentz on his roster. I just don't know where the Eagles' leverage is going to be. I don't know this for a fact, so don't aggregate me. I've always just wanted to say that. <laughs> <laughs> there has to be an element of this if you're Howie and Doug sitting there talking. We need to remove Nick out of this so we can work on our relationship with Carson. As a player, as a leader, just kind of put all the cards in the middle of the table. Because as long as this guy, his name is on our website as being a quarterback, there is an elephant in the room and just a ghost of this greatness. And then he'd fucking dip back into it. If I'm a diehard Eagles fan, the love you'd have for Nick Foles, I don't know, could be eclipsed unless Carson wins like multiple and becomes an absolute legend. Like even if Carson just wins one, you'll be like, yeah, there's there was something special about the Nick thing, right? Because of course Carson won one. We dra- we traded fucking half of Philly for him. You know, he better have won one. We went all in on the guy. You know, it's not like that's kind of sucks for Carson. But wouldn't you say the moment they traded for him? And then once you saw him play a little bit, you're like, okay, it's clear the talent is there. It's clear he's a high-level guy. We traded all this for him. We drafted him super high. The expectation was to compete for chips. Absolutely, John. I don't think there's any question that that's a part of this. That that's a part of this whole thing. Um, and I go back to the article in the Philly Voice. I just I think what it illustrated, the one about you know Carson's kind of a me guy. I don't remember exactly how it was written, but what, what, yeah, it was like he doesn't resent Nick, but there is some weirdness. Yeah, it, I, it, it was just it was normal human thoughts. I, I think, and, and, but but I think whatever you believe about it, it just I think it does shed some light that there's just an odd dynamic there, and it's and an it, uncomfortable. But how would one. there how would there not be right? And you've been saying it for a while. It's just if you're Carson, it, it's got to be uncomfortable. Um, and I think you know you look the guy. Here's the other thing: is you need Carson to be his best self because you're going to have to make a decision here soon about how much you you want to pay him. Like if he'd been healthy and Nick Foles had never played and they'd won a Super Bowl, Carson Wentz would have a contract in front of him right now. Think about this. What would you say the two most famous quarterback room dynamics of two great players, you know, in the last whatever, several decades would be Montana Young, yeah. which their relationship has always been a little icy. Yeah. And then Favre Rodgers. And this is different because Romo, we, Romo, and Dak. You don't put that one in the. Uh... But that got. But it was so short. No, it, no I know. I'm. Ki- I'm kidding. Those but two it are got the. A little weird. You know, I, it was weird for Romo. Yeah. It was not. But that one was so short. Like that, I'm talking one multiple. Matt years. Flynn, Russell Wilson. Yeah, that got close. Car Schaub. <laughs> uh, Ho- Hoyer, CJ. Car McGloin. There was, there was elements that just. You had to do this. I'm telling you, guy, I'm thinking about it. There are individuals, like if you're a Bulls fan, Michael, if you're, I see it, you're a Warriors guy, Steph. You know, I, I don't know if there's an individual on the Giants because, like, Lincecum, the first one, played such a big role. Obviously, Posey was big, but, like, what Foles historically will just mean to that franchise forever. I don't know how Carson ever kind of shakes it without winning multiple. Pat Burrell Giants is the closest one. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, do, you, do you agree that it's going to be hard for kind of Wentz to just shake it? Well, like, John. Hey, both would have won this game. 
John, in the playoffs. Because now season games don't mean that much. If if Carson Wentz retires as a Hall of Fame quarterback without a Super Bowl, Nick Foles will mean more to Eagles fans than Carson Wentz. What and mean, if Carson Wentz wins a Super Bowl, he still will not have broken the seal the way Foles broke the seal, you know? Because I think if you're a Philly fan, and we're going to get it in this area with Jimmy coming back, is you go, you're, and I think Packer fans kind of get this sometimes, like, how do we only get one? Now, I'm not comparing Jimmy to Rodgers. I would probably put Carson closer. Like, we got a, I mean, we got fucking LeBron a football. How do, how do we not just... I mean, this should be. We should take the fucking league by storm. I don't know if this quite matches what your Foles kind of fan base thing, but maybe it's like a Dave Roberts or Kevin Millar, you know, the guy that wasn't the star player, but those red, the, the first Red Sox team that broke the but, curse. But they, but they had like six or seven guys shilling with the. No, socks. I know that's what I'm saying. He's hit the home run. But I'm saying like Millar, like is not the best player, quote unquote. Yeah, it's it's hard. Anyway, I but that, but that's the category that Nick is in. He's in yeah. Dave Roberts. Bloody sock Kurt. Like, that's... Is there something in, like... Overcome that. Like, what Dirk means in Dallas, even if Luka becomes their best player ever but never wins a championship. It's a, one, it's a Dirk's different. a Hall of Famer. It's a little different. Dirk was fucking good. That's what I'm thinking, like, guys that aren't Hall of Famers. Yeah, that's why I... It, it's, just have a moment. We may live the rest of our lives... Robert Ory for, like, five franchises. <laughs> Hopefully it's a long time. We may never see this situation again. It's insane. It's crazy. And he's a the the thing that Nick's got going for him that Carson. There's never been a terse word ever said about Nick Foles. Like everyone just loves you. Meet him. I, I've met him. You know, I've been around him. You just you just gonna be a guy that his neighbor likes, that the dude at the store likes, that his teammates like, that his agent likes, that his coach like. Everyone's gonna like him. The moment that article comes out, now Philly fans ultimately won't give a shit when you if you win, but it's like, what's up with Carson, man? That you know, it's it's kind of a dick because th- those conversations are happening in Philly right now, right? Yeah. Like, God, is, he, is he kind of a is he kind of a me guy? It was kind of like when Jimmy, because we didn't know that much about him before. Besides, he was just a great guy. When Jimmy did the porn star, it was like, well, is Jimmy kind of a different cat now? Right. It just you. It's hard to shake. It takes a while, you know, like when I, when you flip on a golf tournament, when I watch Tiger Woods now, the the first thing I think about no longer is all those chicks, but for a long period of time, that's everyone talks about. Eventually, if you go play long enough, you do well enough, you can just shake it on your truth. But like, it's going to be Carson's what's going to be some of the first questions to get asked at OTAs, right? How's everything going? Is it different without Nick here? Uh, your teammates buying in? Do you have a how? You know, you're gonna throw it out, Sean Moore. You just gonna you gonna keep feeding, just fucking throw it to Ertz every time? Because that was one of the things, right? He just the question it, it is going to be to To getting mad about Romo throwing it to Witten and not him. Remember that? Yes. And there's some there's probably some truth to it. Because que- if you just put yourself, <laughs> if you're a quarterback, if that guy's your best friend on the team. I mean, it's just, wouldn't you be more likely to just throw him the ball when all else fails? If that's your guy? Yeah. That's the one thing that I've always been just kind of scratching my head about Antonio Brown. Even if the motherfucker hates you in Big Ben, Antonio, he throws it to you nonstop. <laughs> Makes him look good. Yeah, so even if you don't talk, who cares? The, the question to Carson's going to be framed like this. 
Carson, how big of a relief is it to have Foles gone? Not is it a relief. How big is it? He's going to be like, what? No, 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 no. It's not even a relief at all. Uh, Would you say tangible pressure in the NFL? Is he one next year? Garoppolo's um, going to have a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think whatever happens in New York, if Eli's back, which I'm beginning to think he won't be, but if Eli's back, that would be pretty high. But it if won't. Dak if Dak hasn't signed a contract, that'll be high. I mean, Lamar Jackson's sneaky. Yeah, um, but he's only a second year player. Like just Cliff, if Cliff ends up, we'll get to this. But if he ends up like trading Rosen and then gets Kyler, um, McVeigh. Garoppolo lock top five pressure if he plays. Like the yeah, Bruce. I mean, yes and no. I just don't know. Like he's gonna, you know, we're gonna watch him. Like, oh, he's good. Okay, that's good enough. You know, like it's that. That's not how Eli or Carson get judged. No, Card no longer really has pressure on him. It's like, well, whatever. but he's if he's a Raider, he do, like I don't know. He kind of does. If someone trades for him, that would be pressure. If he's a Raider, like that would be pressure too. If I told you the Giants this weekend trade for Derek Carr, second-round pick, how much pressure is on Derek Carr next year in New York? More than what's happening this year, yeah. He'd be right up there. Maybe a past Carson? You could put him right up there near the yeah. top, right? You'd be like, man, I'm so happy to be here. And like, uh, we just traded Odell. What? Probably wouldn't happen that way. Um, no. Well, let's get to know. Odell. Actually, let's talk about let's talk about Steve Kime first. Him and uh, Cliff wearing matching bomber jackets. At the NFL Combine, that's what I sent you the picture of Kime, and I'm like, look at this outfit. And you're like, Cliff's wearing the same thing. Like, they go shopping together. Are those te- maybe their team issue? I didn't see a logo on it though. Well, I D- Doug had uh, a vest. I, I, he had a long sleeve like polo on, yeah, and then a vest that. that kind of looked the same with the Eagles. So maybe it is team issued, but with you like usually see the. Maybe? I'm fascinated with what guys wear at this thing. Some guys just wear a collared shirt and like a pullover. Bill O'Brien wears like a button up, but he also goes Texans hat. I would be classic. I would set out to dress on my own clothes, and then you, I'd realize, oh my god, it's so easy. And this stuff is nice. I'm just gonna wear the three stuff. Yeah, John Robinson of the Titans just wore like the nice Nike pullover that says Titans. Uh, what's his name? Vrabel had a mustache, <laughs> but like a well trimmed mustache. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I, yeah, I don't think you can go wrong because the the shit's so nice. You can easily wear the team issued stuff and just look normal. Regarding Josh Rosen, Steve Kime said, "quote He's our quarterback right now for sure." End quote. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. I mean, here's what we know. He did go on a lot of other shows though, and just he didn't put it in concrete. But he's like, you know, words get taken out. Of, you know, that just you can make a word sound like anything. You definitely can't. Like you could. Like, it could be, he's our quarterback right now for sure. Or, he's our quarterback right now for sure. You're right. And that's two of the million different ways. But here's what we know. We know Kyler Murray's momentum does seem to be picking up a little bit. And we know that the quarterback of the Cardinals likes Kyler Murray. Liked him enough to say he'd take him number one when he was a college coach. So it doesn't carry quite the same weight. But we know he likes him. We know he didn't draft Josh Rosen. Like these are the things we know. We know that they have an incentive to make people think they like Kyler to a degree. Like they definitely. If I had to bet right now, fifty-fifty, who's their quarterback? I still might lean Josh, just because it takes balls to make a move. But if you think the guy's better, John, 
If you think Kyler Murray's better than Josh Rosen, and if Josh Rosen was in this draft, which guy would go first? I'm inclined to think it would be Kyler. Oh, fuck. I don't then, think it, that's not a question. Then it's, is it really that crazy when you start just kind of breaking it down? Let's put Kyler in last year's draft. Does he go third? Uh, yes. I, he goes I third. still think the the Browns would go them. It'd be yeah. yeah I think I Darnold think would J- still. I think Darnold would go ahead of him. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I agree. I he would one hundred percent go ahead of Rosen. And- if I'm going to defend Steve Kime, under no circumstances do you even begin to put it out there. What your hand is. Because you control the ability to always trade back if you want. And to me, if they end up not drafting one and not taking Kyler and not trading Rosen, their move is to trade back and someone trade up to get Kyler. So you don't you, you want to create buzz. He went on right after he did that interview or did his press conference with Colin. And he, they, Colin just asked, like, have you, do you know who what you want to do at one? He's like, of course not. And he said, what if you want to trade? What if you want to trade? And no one's calling you. Would you call other people? He said, of course. You know, he's he's proven to do deals over the years, yeah. right? He traded for Chandler Jones. He traded up to get Josh Rosen. But I, how would you not – how would it not be on the table if you can get some value for Rosen? Like, to me, does it make sense if you really want Kyler but you'll only be able to get a third-rounder for Rosen? Or do you still have to get, like, Bill's first-round pick? I don't think it makes sense to get a third-rounder for Rosen. Would you just keep him and then still draft Kyler? Uh, take a high second for him. If I like, if I think it's not close, let's say the it, New York Giants offered you their second round pick for him. Yeah, if I think it's not, if I if I'm convinced that Kyler's better, like like and, and my coach really wants him, would much rather have Kyler than then Josh. I, then I think I would take a second. I would take a high second, even though it feels like you've lost value over one year. But you know, you drive a car off the lot, it loses value pretty quickly. But you already kind of restarted, right? Yeah, and now if I think there is a chance that Josh comes out and just like, ah, they're pretty close. We think Kyler's better, but then maybe I would do the thing where you keep them. The problem is the longer you keep them, the more one of them loses value probably. Yeah, because one guy's not playing, I, especially Josh, if Josh yeah, isn't playing. But now you've been beat out, and now it's like we've watched you in the preseason not win the job, and it's just, you know, unless the other Unless you just, both look good. Unless yeah. you both look good, which is possible. But I just – do I, is that how I want to start Kyler Murray's career? Talking about Josh Rosen every day? No, and, and I do I do think the trump card that they would have to let's just say use this hypothetical of the Giants to get the second round pick. Because I think if you're the Giants, you could justify trade your second round pick for him, get a guy under that rookie contract, and still keep Eli, right? And just treat Eli like he's we can get out of it. We can cut him at training camp if Josh beats him out. If not, he's just the backup for a year. He's already played a little bit. You can always trade Patrick Peet and get an accumulated other first-round pick. So you can take Kyler one. You can trade Josh for a higher second-round pick and get a first-rounder for Patrick Peterson. You're kind of resetting your franchise. Because you kind of did reset your franchise when you tried to patchwork it with Wilkes last year. It blew up in your face. You fired him. And you took a swing for the fences. To me, you draft Kyler, you get like kind of a gracier period. So you can easily – I know he said at the – at the Waste Management Open, he grabbed the mic on, like, the Wednesday of the golf tournament, Patrick Peterson, and apologized. He's like, I know I asked for trade last year, but this is my home. 
<laughs> you could you could you could trade him, and I think you could get a first. A lot of teams, like would Andy Reid give a first for Patrick Peterson? Maybe not a great one, but I think you get a pick in the twenties. So then, boom, you get Kyler, you get another first round pick, you get multiple seconds, you kind of rebuild on the fly, it, rebuild slash reload slash reset. I think you can do a combination of it all because they do have having Patrick Peterson and. If you are going to take a step back, like what would Bill do? He'd probably trade him if you could still get a first-round pick for him. And to me, if that's what you're going to do with Kyler Murray, because if you take Nick Bosa, number one overall, you're trying to win next year. <clears throat> then you just keep Peterson, Josh, your quarterback, and you go. I just keep going back to – now I think Josh could play – if Cliff Kingsbury is a good coach, I think Josh could play for him. But I just keep going back to – are you are y'all in on Cliff Kingsbury? I mean, you hired the guy coming off yeah, a, they are. a losing, you know, a losing career record as a head coach, right? Or maybe it was a winning record. No, it was a losing. It record. was a losing record. Okay. Yeah. And a losing season. And a losing, losing record. Losing season. It's an incredible hire. So you better set him up to succeed. And if he thinks this is the guy, then he thinks this is the guy. And I kind of think you got to do it. I, I begin to think you got to, and which would make for a whole, the whole the other fascinating part of this is. Josh Rosen is still viewed as a good prospect. So I always allow myself to change my opinion, as anyone should. Like, I'm not Skip Bayless here. I was a Rosen guy. My one concern, and it's kind of changed within the last year really hard, I think it's really difficult in this day and age with the offenses to be a statute back there. Yeah. To me, Rosen 20 years ago is much more equipped for the NFL than he is now. He's a he statue of limitations. He can't move. He cannot move. And he gets injured. I don't know. Yeah, I mean I, I it would be and then the Giants could the Giants could conceivably end up with we got Saquon and we got and we got the quarterback that we didn't take last time. And look, it worked out for us, but um I, I this If you this, had to guess right now, does Rosen get traded or is Kyler on the team or what happens? Well, I said four minutes ago that is just such a wild situation that I'm inclined to think I'd have to go over 50% that Rosen is still there. But they <clears> do I think have, that would be fair. But they do have the – they don't have the second pick. They don't have the third pick. They have the first pick. And it doesn't – like, I think the X factor too here is if everyone's talking about Kyler like he's a top 10 player, that's different than if he's going to go at the end of the first round, but it's like, ah, we love him. We're going to take him and put our balls out there. If, if it's widely accepted that this is a top like 10 – Like testicle balls? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, yeah. Like, put your stones on the table. Put, put our stones on the table. As, as, here's the real Dave Gettleman quote. No guts, no glory. That's what he said when asked about, would you be open to trading up for a quarterback? No guts, no glory. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of talking myself into it being maybe over 50% the other way for it, Kyler. It does feel like a lot of people in the league feel it's not just on the table, but it's a likely scenario. I would imagine kind. Josh Rosen was the rookie of the offensive rookie of the year in the NFL last year. Either. Yeah, to me, I think there are a lot more questions than answers. Yeah. Feels they're going to have a lot of people sniffing around Rosen. The thing they can get him, like, damn, I get a guy that I would have taken the first round this year for a mid-second that's still under the rookie contract. Like, if you're the Dolphins, right, or the Bengals or whoever, the Redskins, why wouldn't you trade for him? Because who was the GM I saw? Was it Gettleman? No, I think it was someone. 
I forget because you know when whenever when like seven people start talking at once and your Twitter timeline is just fucking quotes. Whoever the GM was asked about the quarterback class this year, and he's like, "No offense to the quarterback class this year, but I thought the one last year was pretty unique." And just because there were four guys that went in the top ten, and it didn't really feel that crazy, mm-hmm. right? The the three guys Baker had earned it. Darnold was a clear top five prospect. Rosen had been on everyone's vernacular for since his freshman year in college was like Hackenberg if Hackenberg had stayed good. And then even if you're a Josh Allen hater and I, I'm actually kind of coming around. I'm definitely rooting for the guy. You can't dispute how freaky his tools are like guys consistently like that have been drafted really high, right? That are six, five can throw it 700 yards and run and are high character guys. That guy's always going to go in the first round, even if it sucks. If he's a good guy and that talented. So that was, I mean, you had four guys that deserve to go in the top 10. Because we've seen before, damn, they took Ponder, Locker, and Gabbert. That's a stretch. That, that's, that was not, the, like, you don't read many people in the league, anonymous quotes, that was nuts. I yeah. can't believe all these guys. Really right. the only one that kind of came into question was, I wouldn't have taken Lamar in the first. But the other four guys all felt justified. Yeah, and a year later, like you said, it's kind of held up. Well, a year later, there, there wasn't like this moment where somebody got on the field and went, oh, my God, he is so not an NFL quarterback. Well, the top three guys for sure, right? The Cleveland Browns love their guy. I think Jets love their guy. And I think the Bills are pretty happy. And the only reason Rosen is even coming into question, because, again, they have the number one overall pick in Kyler Murray. I, this wouldn't be a conversation if it's Dwayne Haskins, right? Because you would just be like, well, they're similar players. We'll just go with Josh. Now – I would say that Dwayne is a better prospect than Josh. A little bigger, even though Josh is big. Hasn't been hurt. Thicker. Really productive. Yeah. Similar prospects. I mean, Dwayne's a top 10 guy. Josh Rosen's a top 10 guy. Josh Rosen is a, was a legitimate top 10 pick, right? For like three years, he was going to be a top, right? Since he was 18 years old. It, I remember vividly, it was a big deal when they got him. Yeah. He played right away. He also wanted to go to Stanford, and Jihad wouldn't take him. <laughs> Not, he, no, remember he said he wasn't a Stanford type of guy. Who said that? I think Rosen said that. Oh, wasn't, yeah. Or that wasn't really my kind of place or something, which, you know. Maybe he knew what was going down with Theranos. It was like, Elizabeth Holmes, like, if she represents what Stanford's about, I am not about Stanford. True. Um, all right. The other thing that happened, speaking of Gettleman, he, he's, he has reiterated. That example, by the way, went way over my head. I have no clue what you're talking about. Theranos? You know what I'm talking about. I know you know what I'm talking about. What's Theranos? It's the the company that was going to revolutionize medicine with the blood droplets. The the blonde woman from Stanford who wore turtlenecks like uh, Steve Jobs. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the company was valued was at almost yeah, $10 yeah, yeah, billion, yeah. Dollars and it turned out the whole thing was a sham. She was a major bitch because she tried to emulate herself after Steve Jobs. Yeah, she was just yelling. She changed her yeah. voice. She like, yeah. yeah. Did all this stuff. The company's gone now, right? But it it, well, yeah, her being mean wasn't the problem. It was that the whole thing was a fraud. A but total... she was legit mean to people. Yeah, she was, yeah. People were quitting like crazy. They yeah. said she was... Yeah, I, I, okay, I know what you're talking the about. The best story was when she... Is like... she like our age? Isn't she young? She's a little... She's older. I mean... Cause she, she had would've... gone to Stanford, started the idea after Dropped she read out. the Steve Jobs book. Was that part of it? Um... She read this. She just modeled herself after Jobs. I think the the turtlenecks came later. Okay. Yeah. I own that big Jobs book. I, I've made it through about twenty pages. <laughs> yeah. 
If I if I uh, if I could get a library card for all the books I've read twenty pages of, a pizza I own party. a decent amount of books. I know, same. Uh, Gettleman reiterated this week that uh, on Wednesday, Gettleman reiterated that we did not sign Odell Beckham to trade him, but he's also the guy that I just told you did the no guts, no glory quote today uh, at the NFL combine. So if anything's going to happen with Odell, this, this might, I'm not saying he gets traded this week, but maybe this is where the groundwork gets laid. Teams start looking at players. The giants start looking at players, start falling in love with guys. I don't know. Um, this is where everyone's everyone's together. I mean, if it's going to happen, it's got to start this week. He does bring up a fair point. I do not think they signed him to trade him. They signed him after what felt like a long deliberation because it was worth it. I do think you could justify after Saquon's emergence trading him. And I think the team that makes by far the most sense, again, I'm a little biased because I would love him in my backyard because he'd be a talking point all the time. Here would be my offer guy if I am John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, and Parag. This is strong. This is an. This is. It's fair to call this an overpay. But when you have a guy saying we didn't sign him to trade him, and he's not really lying, even though he's lying in the sense that I do think he would trade him. But he, they're not just like the Antonio Brown. They would get rid of him if you give the right price. But you don't have to overpay for Antonio Brown. You just need to make it worth my while. Yeah, you can take him. Where Odell, here's what I do, guy. I flip two and six. So you move up to two, I get six. Whether you want to take a quarterback, whether you want to fucking get Bosa, you do whatever you want. I also give you pick 36. So now you have pick two, you have pick 36, I got pick six, and Odell Beckham. I also give you next year's one. Now, I, I, I'd call that, usually in the NBA, you often hear people say, damn, you paid 60 cents on the dollar for that player. This is probably the equivalent of paying a buck and a quarter on a dollar, maybe even a little more, like a buck 30 on the dollar. So your exchange rate, if you're going to like Japan or whatever, is not great. It's, and typically teams do the opposite, right? You try to underpay on a trade. Unless, like Khalil Mack is the example where it's a huge pay, but it's worth the player. It's probably just one-to-one. And it probably, you could argue, depending on who they draft, not one-to-one. They, they underpay. They, they might look at you and say fuck we feel like we paid 80 cents on the dollar this is an overpay at the point of purchase and as uh i think they said in rich dad poor dad the profit is (laughs) in the first 20 pages you know the profit is not made on the sale it's made on the buy the buying price and it's true because you often think like if i bought a stock for 10 bucks and it goes up to 50 bucks you didn't really make the sale when you sold it for 50 bucks you made it when you bought it for cheap and you're overpaying, and it's bold, but there is an element, a double whammy of just, he was a top 15 pick for a reason. He's an elite talent. He earned a contract. Like, he was worthy of the contract the Giants gave him. He's, I mean, Antonio Brown makes him look like fucking Julio Jones, you know, just in terms of personality. But he is, it's not like the Niners, they they can handle some personalities. You have Richard Sherman that I, I think, would actually benefit Odell. I think that'd be a good type guy. Just they'd be around every day in practice. You, you and I have been to some practices, and it's clear like there is. I think this is overvalued sometimes, and especially in football because of the turnover. But Richard's pretty impressive. Like he was. Well, he's. He does, cl- would you say he's clearly the leader? Yeah, him and Joe Staley. Yeah. But Richard probably just more universally. 
Like, I, I think he takes point of pride in just kind of helping guys out. I don't know. If, I'm not saying Joe doesn't do that, but Richard's probably as high of a level guy as you're going to get in the league. And J- Joe is too. But, I mean, Joe's been there forever. It's just something being new. I think he's kind of rein, reinvigorated that I would do it, guy. I, I don't know where you stand. I Here's what I think. Would the Giants get a better offer than that? I would say no. Would the Niners 100% do that deal? I would also say no. Well, to answer the first question, um, I think what would make it so hard to get a better offer is the Niners have the ability to kind of stomach trading almost three ones because that number two is so good. So you're almost trading three ones for them, right? Now, when you say three ones, that feels pretty dramatic. In the end, it's, well, we're swapping ones, two and six. We feel good about that. And then the the second pick it's, is... A, it said two ones and a two. That's how it's verbalized, even right. though you're swapping it. Right, but what I'm saying is if you're the Giants, you can almost... It's three one. You can almost make it three one. Right, That two is so good that to beat it, somebody else would have to give you an, another one. No one else has a two like that except for Arizona. So it's, 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 it's almost someone else giving you three ones. Even if we say, let's flip ones, and that's not really giving us a one. Now we're talking about we're almost getting. That I means someone else would have to give you two ones in addition to the flip. Well, who's going to give you two ones and be able to flip with you in a way that is really valuable to you? Now you got number two. You can draft your quarterback, right? You or you get Nick Bosa if you want. And they are willing to do it because they don't go back that far. So it's a pretty unique spot. Um, you now, don't forget my second. You're all, I'm also throwing in pick thirty six, guy. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, if I as I go pick through pick, you, you said a one, flip, a future one, and a two. Yes. Right, right. So what I'm saying is, if you're the Giants, you can view that as, like, three ones. Because you're not going to get a better, least valuable pick than number 36. 36 is the least valuable thing you're getting in all that. Well, then and you to get also, a better pick, you're going to have to get three ones from somebody. When you also look at it, you talk to people in the league, they always tell you the second and third round picks are usually more valuable than a lot of first round picks. This is what you're telling Gettleman? David, I mean, really, when you think about it, it's like... But you have, you'd have you have two second round picks in the top, like, 44 picks. Look, look at what the what the Colts did last year. You'd go, hey, Dave, you're getting two starters. Your second round pick's high. Mine's higher. That's a pretty fucking good offer. Are they getting a better offer than that? I, I think it's safe to say no. What... So that's the first answer. Is I'm, would the I Ni- what, what would the Niners say to that? I think the Niners would want to know. Because he's under contract, guy. He's 26. Yeah. I I don't know how you, if you're the 49ers, reduce what you're giving up there and not make it feel like too much of a reduction. Like, you take the second round pick away, if you're the Niners, in the offer, and now you're really only trading 1-1. One, one. One, I mean, you are you are moving up from. Well, that, six that, to that, two. that's, that's why if if I was Dave Gettleman, I would hang up on the flip and next year's one because what else am I getting? Yeah, exactly. It's just it's kind of like the Khalil Mack. That's what I'm saying. There's a change. big. I, I lose Odell and I gain a player that I would have gained a player no matter what. There's just such a big gap. Unless you could make the case, well, you, you you wouldn't be getting your quarterback other like if you know like they want Kyler Murray and they can't get him unless they trade with you. See, but my trade is not even based on necessarily them desiring a quarterback. No, I know. It's more based on... What's the value? Yeah, and you're getting, like, it's known as a super deep draft, super deep draft, super deep draft, but it is kind of top-heavy. You know, Nick Bosa is viewed as better than everyone else. If Kyler Murray goes one, you get Bosa at two, 
and you get two second round picks to maybe trade back up you in the could first still round. Take, maybe you could take there. Dwayne Haskins at six. Who? Oh, sorry, you don't have six. Yeah, Giants. Yeah, so I. So here's the second part of it. Would you do that deal if you're the 49ers? Um, I would do that deal if I'm the 49ers because, in my mind, I could say I just traded a one and a, a one and a two for Odell Beckham. The flip, you know, I, I didn't. I wasn't going to draft the two anyway. I was going to try and trade back. I don't need another pass rusher. So I got Odell Beckham out of this deal, a future one. Hopefully that's the 20th pick or the 17th pick or something. Well, because I just go, what, when the draft ends, you go, what'd you get with your first and second round pick? Well, I got Rashawn Gary and I got Odell Beckham. Instead of, I got Nick Bosa and DJ Metcalf. Or Nick Bosa and Fance from Iowa. Uh, Noah Fant? Noah Fant. Or Nikhil Harry or Byron Murphy. You know, whatever. Right. That's just going to be the difference. So at the end of the day, you can still, well, we didn't have a second round pick. No, we got Odell. Odell was part of that. So fuck, you could say we got Odell with the sixth overall pick and we got Rashawn Gary with our second round. You you could justify it however you want. I think it's similar to what we said earlier about how you could justify trading and, and acquiring Kyler Murray or drafting Kyler Murray for the Cardinals. If you're all in on Cliff Kingsbury, you've invested all this and he's your coach now then you got to do everything you can to make him successful. You're the 49ers. You're invested in Jimmy Garoppolo. This is year three of the operation. Um, you got to do everything you can to make Jimmy successful. Not year three of Jimmy, obviously, but year three of Kyle and John. Odell Beckham does that more so than anybody else. There is not a – if Saquon Barkley was in this draft, and not that I'm a proponent of taking a running back at number two, but you could make the case, well, he can help Jimmy so much that we'll just take him because that's how we help Jimmy. But you that player, it. yeah. But that player is not here. So I, I would do the deal if I'm the 49ers. When I wrote about my offers a couple weeks ago, and I, I put that offer in an article for the Athletic, one line our buddy that runs KMBR, Jeremiah Crow, texted me. He loved it. Was like, there is something to be said, and I say this all the time. Not you can talk about the empty seats, the empty seats, the empty seats. Jed's fucking. His bank account doesn't change because they're already paid for. But there is something to be said about actually getting the butts in the seats. Like eventually you want people to show up because at first it was like Jerry's Palace. A lot of people, you know, came from other teams and didn't have a great vibe. One thing you'd say since the Cowboys have gotten good these last five years, it does feel like uh, that place, a lot of Cowboy fans. It's just full. You get Odell Beckham. John Middlecoff's attending a game 1,000% in 2019. Well, That think, is not to be said if it doesn't change. Yeah, it's a great point because I no, think— Not 1,000 be strong, but I, I, would, I would attend the game. You'd think about it. Um, I, I think it's a good point because— I'd one be thing, much more excited to go to an OTA. Like any market, at some point or another, somebody, a lot of people have bought a hat, bought a T-shirt, bought a sticker, maybe put a, ca- a decal on the back of their car. Maybe they have a have flag. Have I already thought about— emailing Bob to get Odell on the podcast? Maybe, but that's not all this is about. But, but John, what I'm saying is every market, there's, I appreciate that, but every not market... I'm not trying to get ahead of myself here. There's a lot of people that might consider coming to a game, and there's only a percentage of them that actually do. And that's the difference between we've got a big fan base and, and our fan base is activated. We've got real buzz. And that would be real, real 
real buzz. Right now, we look at the Niners and go, they're fat. They're an interesting story. They're really interesting. We care about them. We talk about them. They got Jimmy. But what do I really think they're going to do this year? Well, how many games do I really think they're going to win this year? Like, I think if it goes well, they might win nine games. Like, okay. That, that doesn't get my Uber driver talking. You do, agree there, you do agree there'd be a lot more people going to the games. <clears throat> It'd be much easier for the season ticket no, holders. No, this is what Texan. I'm saying. It's like no, Odell, now they get Odell, and I'm like, well, maybe they can win more. Maybe they can win 10-11 games. Could they do that? I, I'm not getting a random text from a buddy in Fresno be like, hey, Middlecoff, you want my tickets on October 31st or whatever? I'm not going to go. Yeah, hey, Middlecoff, you want to buy these off me? Let me know real quick because i got a couple other people that want them too. Yeah, because the texts before have been like, hey, I'll just what's your email, Joe? Send him if you want to go. Not, is, uh, you don't have to get anything. Odell on the Niners, we start talking about 11 wins. Is that Was that a little strong? I wouldn't say I, – I don't know necessarily the number, but I'd be like anything less than a wild card is going to feel very disappointing. How about Odell Beckham plus Earl Thomas? Richard Sherman is at the Combine, and uh, I think he's going to challenge – go to gauge the trade market <laughs> for his clients? <laughs> Uh, he did say this. Richard did say, if Dallas comes, you know, equal money, he goes to Dallas. That's that's where his home is. So Dallas gets him if it's all things being equal. We talk about Earl Thomas like an NBA player. He's like, Jason Garrett, come get me. Jerry, come get me. You've been talking about this for like three fucking years. I know. It is pretty. It's and pretty no crazy. one even thinks it's that weird. It's like, yeah. Classic NFL, too. Like, yeah, Earl, we're not going to extend you, but you got to play. And he has a couple picks. And given, then he flips him yes. off when he breaks his leg. Given Richard, given the defensive scheme, given the division, g- given all that stuff, the Niners make such a make so much. If you think he can still play, and he's not thirty five, um, then there it's an obvious destination. Well, I think it piggybacks off the top what we just talked about. If I told you in the next week it gets announced, Adam Schefter, the Niners have a deal in principle to trade for Odell Beckham, I would say their likelihood, if they were aggressive on Earl Thomas would be a lot higher of him, at least. Maybe if they, all things are equal, he'd decide if Richard would talk him into it. Like, come here, bro. Now, to Dallas, Dallas's roster's pretty damn good. That's the one thing I think it, you and I were haters early in the season. By the end, you, you couldn't watch Dallas games and go, God, this roster top to bottom is talented. They got better. Yeah, they, they just got – they just were really good. That <clears throat> World's older, though, guy. I mean, he's 30 years old. He's had two major injuries. To me, the hang-up wouldn't be that Earl wouldn't be interested. It's would the Niners be as aggressive as, as they'd have to be, given that other teams would be interested? Like, what would be our price point on Earl? Even if you were going to give him $15, 16000000 million a year, you guaranteeing him two? So basically making it like a two-year, $32 million deal? The Cowboys have a lot of people to pay. I don't know how aggressive they can be for Earl. I mean, they got... Zeke's contract's up, and I saw Stephen Jones said yesterday, well, yeah, you see Gurley's number. That's kind of the starting point. Uh, even if Amari doesn't get an extension, his number went from like 6 to 14. So that's an extra 8. They want to extend Dak. Byron Jones, the guy they got to pay. Demarcus Lawrence refuses to sign, he claims, the franchise tender. Even though it felt yesterday in an hour period on Twitter, that multiple Cowboys defensive linemen either got suspended, kicked out of the NFL, or some weird shit was going on. I didn't even understand the second one. I'm like, I, David Irving, or what, what's going on here? He might get suspended because Randy Gregory did get popped. But they, they, they lost two defensive linemen in a span of an hour yesterday on Twitter. I, like, did, that see, happened. I did see Mayoko said, not related to that, but you just made me think of it with Randy Gregory because um, 
who who did I who said oh maybe it was Zerline tweet like red flags are red flags for a reason and then unrelated to that I saw Mayoko tweet something like uh, safe to say that uh, getting kicked out of a drug test at a hospital is is not going to get you drafted in the first round this year um, but you're saying Zerline was talking about Gregory like this yes. guy's walking red flag yes. from day one yes and Mayoko we're just talking about red flags um, yeah. Because I think for every honey badger that changes his life, becomes team captain, like face of the league, most guys are not. He's the outlier. Yeah, and he was he got to a great situation and on and on, whatever. But I just the thing with Earl is like okay, he might have just been a better person at his core. Yeah. Right? What if Earl? I'm I mean, Randy guy. Gregory's life was pretty crazy, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I think at his core too, he was just a legitimately addicted to smoking. Like he can't stop. Yeah. Um. Once I heard he smoked like five, six times a day, and he told everyone that. Like, the Cowboys knew what they were getting. But he is pretty talented as a pass rusher. Yeah, just, they'll be watching Amari Cooper highlights, so hopefully that keeps them warm at night. Would you Earl's more not- likely, Earl Thomas on the Niners or Odell Beckham? What? What do you think would be more likely? Oh, oh, oh more likely. I, Earl? Just because it is possible to get. He's a free agent, and it just it makes a lot of sense. Like, you don't need another party involved here to help you out. You just need Earl. You just if need I told you in the next Earl month, they land Earl Thomas and Odell Beckham. Is the buzz around here pretty fucking big? Yeah, it'll be, it'll be like uh, when Vince Young signed with the Philadelphia Eagles and he called it the dream team with John yeah, Middlecoff there. Vince was a slappy. <laughs> but the hype was strong that year. To me, the hype, the difference is, Earl would be more likely to be like one of those guys because he is older. To me, Odell is just strictly, is he healthy or not? It wouldn't be, he's not falling off. Like, his talent's his talent. Like, he's good enough. He's good enough to justify overpaying for, but there is an inherent risk. Because I asked you before the podcast, would you rather just do my deal for Odell Beckham or trade for a 31-year-old A.J. Green? Just your second. My first reaction was I'd rather trade for AJ Green, but uh, the more I've thought about it, I'm like, I, no, because I'm still trading a second. I'm like, I'm trading a second. Okay, let's do this. And I get AJ Green. Like, it's, it's a good player, but give me just if I'm going to do this, let's just do this. What about two twos for Julio, who will be 31 this year? I would do that. You'd rather do two twos for Julio yeah. than the Beckham deal. Yeah. Would you? I have to think about it. The, the, does Julio I feel 31 to you? Like, I know he's 31, but... Well, he's got he's got a lot of wear and tear on him, though. He feels young. That's a tough one. <clears throat> Personally, I'd rather have Odell. More storylines. Uh, but NFL, but GM Middlecoff. G. Middlecoff. I'd rather just do a two for Julio, but the Falcons wouldn't do that. It's tough. The other thing with Julio is like I know I know my I know my coach can like I mean I guess you can make the case anybody should be able to coach him but I know my coach has coached him and won with him like I know Julio can play for this coach that's a connection that can't be disputed not only did he he had 136 catches a year they made the Super Bowl like they dominated together they kicked ass and took names and he's just there it can't be argued Julio Jones is a better player than Odell Beckham. He's consistently produced at a higher level in bigger games and just done it. Now, I think the argument for Odell is like the situation was shitty. Eli's terrible. He's had fucking – how many coaches have the Giants had? From McAdoo to 
I, I forget, didn't McAdoo get fired in the middle of the season? They had someone else, and they got Shermer, and it's just... Well, that is another factor they, here. They like, haven't really been the most stable operation. For all the we didn't sign him to trade him stuff, like, have we heard from Odell saying, like, hey, no, I'm where I want to be? No. To me, Odell's played it smart. To me, Odell is the way to play it, not Antonio Brown. Because it does give you options. And you're not, you're just viewed as, once you get paid in the NFL, that's what makes Antonio such an outlier. Usually guys are happy. At the end of the day, Odell got his money. Odell got the life-changing cash. And he didn't he sign, wasn't there a report two years ago when he signed that Nike deal? It was the largest shoe deal for a football player. Yeah. Because football players usually don't get shoes. Right. Od- so Odell's uh, fine. Yeah. Lifestyle. Yeah, he's, he's fine. I, I, I personally hope he's here for my own sanity of and uh, football watching. Yeah. Yeah. It just because he's an enjoyable player. You saying now, ease sales go up among yeah, uh, Haberman and Milkoff listeners? I, I think I think it would help business. Yes. Yeah. But uh, I was thinking, who if if I just told you that they got Julio for a second round pick, could Atlanta give him away for a second round pick though? No. No. But, so, but can I just say this on Earl? Like, does, how good does Earl need to be to be a worthwhile player? Eighty percent of what he was. I had a buddy that was at his first game of the year this year. He had two picks in that game. And it just was advanced scouting Seattle and just thought, you know, if you're just box score scouting or just watch the highlights, you go, fuck, Earl, he picked Case Keenum twice. He's like, well, he's not as fast as he used to be, so he baits people because he's such a smart, instinctive, great player. So he, if he's healthy for 16 games, he's still going to get you seven or eight picks, which for the Niners I, that I think had two picks would be, I mean, that's worth $15 million in itself, just seven turnovers. But he's not – you're not getting – the Earl that I think that most people in this area have grown up watching just because he's kicked so much ass for that team. Uh, yeah, you know? I, I just think this is not a situation. If you get the equivalent of what Richard was for the Niners, which was their second best defensive player and by far their best DB, they would be more than happy to quote unquote overpay a little bit for that, right? It doesn't cost you a pick and you've got a lot of money. But that's the thing that I keep getting back to, guy. Everyone has a lot of money. And there are just a lot of, t- I mean, how many good safeties when you're watching the NFL do you see? Like, oh, there's 18 Ronnie Lots in the league. There aren't that many. So he's going to have offers just from random teams like the Colts, the, you just name it. They're just teams No, I don't think it's going to be easy. I'm just saying, like, you, you have, you're in a good position to pay a little more just to make sure you get them. I agree. Knowing he doesn't have to be, if you pay a couple extra more, he doesn't have to be that level of guy. If he's good, if he's like clearly one of your better defensive players, which is what Richard was, you go, okay, good. We, our, our team is better today because we have this guy. Here's the thing I think you see a lot in the NFL, though. <clears throat> the more hyped guy is not always the guy. Yeah. And last year, Tyron Matthew, I would have been like, yeah, I think he might just be kind of shot. Turns out he's still pretty good. He was a starter on a playoff team and was one of their better players. And I wouldn't have advocated signing him last year. I was like, oh, he's kind of over the hill or whatever. No, it just he would have been the guy. You could have had him for $7 million. I'm not saying the Niners. I'm just saying he was there to be had. Yeah. And there are guys like that every year because the one thing that will come out of this weekend will be, you know, shocker. The Eagles are cutting Jason P. I'm just think. I mean, I you can't even think of the names now, but it's just you're going to be like, whoa, they're they're cutting the Minnesota Vikings are cutting, you know, whoever. You're like, damn, they're cutting Everson Griffin. You know, th- those type players come on, and a lot of people just naturally red flag it, and then they're just. 
there are going to be certain teams that somewhat kind of get a discount. Hell, look at look at who's the guy that made one of the bigger plays in the Super Bowl. It was McCourty's brother that probably any team could have had last year. Right. You just that to me, and when the Niners took their huge jump, the one signing that I I still feel to this day that gets goes the most under the radar is Carlos Rogers. They got him for nothing. And he was a pro bowler back-to-back years. He was our best DB by far. And the Vikings cut, or the Redskins cut him, a former first-rounder. Or didn't cut him. He just, they didn't, you know, he just became a free agent after the four or five years. And I remember being in Philly, like, you know, he just has terrible hands. He's not kind of an underachiever. And the Niners struck gold. So every year there's, we're talking so much about Earl and Le'Veon. And and Earl has proven it, but he is coming off a shattered leg. Yeah, but I would say, John, like the McCourty brother got plugged into a championship-level team with a genius defensive coordinator. Carlos got plugged into an all-time level defense. Like the Niners don't – like they're not stacked with defensive backs. I'm I'm not paralleling any of those situations in the Niners, and Earl is just a much better player than those examples. I just do think that you can find – we get so caught up in the football. Like, Kevin Durant's Kevin Durant. He's going to fucking dominate wherever he goes. That's We see over and over and over and over and over and over again. That's not really how it works in football. That a lot of times the guy you spend the most time talking about, I saw yesterday, or maybe it was last week, or I, I don't even know. I just read so many goddamn stories. Not I actually read the stories. I'm just talking about headlines. Headlines, yeah. That the Jets are already having buyer's remorse one year in on Tremaine Johnson. And that, but that, I saw that, it, yeah. It, I don't think that's that abnormal. That's a consistent theme in the NFL, that when you pay a lot of money, now Earl is a lot, or at least older than Tremaine was, so you wouldn't have to give him that five-year $70 million like true of true guarantees or whatever, Tremaine, $50 million, but the deal was like 75. So it would be so much shorter, but still you would have to allocate a lot of short-term cash to him. And th- there's a chance that he's just never the same. Like, I... And I don't do it. You don't. None of us do it. Oh, he's Earl Thomas. Again, the last time we saw him was middle finger up at Pete Carroll as he's on the back of a cart. And that's the second time his season has ended. Was this last year or was it the first time when he tweeted, I'm going to retire? I think it was the first. I thought that was I the think it was, first I think time. it was the first time, yeah. So you just get kind of a cr- different cat. Again, it's just had multiple major injuries. And I, I've, the free agent meetings I was in, and just you talk to people about it now. In, in football, the thing you talk the most about, what you talk endlessly about, are injuries. Like, they do impact stuff. Injuries, injuries, injuries. I, you don't really talk about that as much in basketball because for the most part, guys are just healthy. In baseball, you do. Like, if a guy's had Tommy John or something. But in football... It's like a list. Oh, he's had two broken legs, a separated shoulder. Like, are we one injury away from it just being over? Right. Because you, because you run out of gas in so much. Three years, you can go from – two years, you go from pro bowl to retire. It's the one sport where you can go from all pro guy in the peak of your powers to be like, God, is this guy going to be in the league in two years? We'll give him a million and a half. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. We'll camp Get invite. Your cash. You know, I think the Niners have a couple guys. Jimmy's still really young. And McKinnon Jung, too. But if you're just playing the odds, one of those two guys will never be the same. They better hope it's McKinnon. Because <laughs> if it's Jimmy, we got a problem. But more than likely, one of those guys, and I get it's ACL injuries, and we just throw it cavalierly 
oh, it's just an ACL. It's like stubbing a toe. You know, it's ruined some people's. It's, everyone heals differently. Wouldn't you agree? One of those two guys is never going to be the same after the major injury. Yeah, and I think the thing with McKinnon, too, is that there were people that weren't, weren't quite sure how good he was anyway. The Niners seem convinced. It'd be but... more likely him because he was just – he wasn't a bell cow running back. He was really just a speed change of pace guy. So if he is no longer a 4-4 guy and he's a 4-5-8 guy, well, he's not a between-the-tackle runner. You throw him the ball, it, it'd be more likely him. Because at the end of the day, you could argue, if I was countering my thing about Jimmy, you go, well – he is a fucking quarterback. You're not asking him to run that much. Right. Throw the ball. Right. If anything, they don't want him to run as much, right? Yep. Hey, Jimmy. They didn't want him to run as much before the injury. No. So, we'll see. All right. Well, see you at the Coliseum Raider game? Uh, Yeah. I mean, uh, did Bedane send you your pass yet? Where else would they be? Yeah, I think uh, Bedane sent me an email, just wanted to check up, said he loved the podcast, and he's – uh. He's happy to still be in in, uh, in the area because they just can't leave. What's not to love? This is the, you know, it's a little overcast. Overcast down there, too? Uh, yeah, a little bit. You notice it's a little warmer today, or is it just me out here? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the rain's made it a little muggy. I did notice that. Is that what you mean? Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, a little thicker air. On that note. Have a good day. Later. Peace. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.